0: What were we talking about?
1: That we said dead, we should be recording dead wives? We recording dead wives? No, no. Uh I was lecturing you about how movies work. See, it's funny because you have a degree that's closer to movie making than mine is. Oh, there's no such degree. You can't get one of those. I'm I'm pretty sure the University of Southern California uh would argue that point. No, no, no. That's where people go to learn how to raise the taters. We are we are horribly stereotyping states, but I think that's what Idaho does no yes weird al did teach me that you're right absolutely (laughs) you took a
0: trip to idaho just just to watch watch potatoes potatoes grow grow. i understand how you must feel i can't deny they have appeal. there you go all right welcome to bonehead i can you want me to keep going chad you look like you need more chad I haven't heard that song in forever. It's just I'm like sorry, it's just sorry, like Yoda instead of Lola. I actually know the the lyrics to Yoda so much, but I just know them, and I do not know all the works to Lola. And I know that Yoda is a ripoff of Lola. Anyway, I was sleeping with my eyes open. What's going on? I thought he was going to say you're sleeping with somebody.
1: Nah, you know Weird Al also has that song called "Stuck in the Closet with Vanna and White." Never
0: yeah. heard that. Actually, hey. That- this is Bonehead Weekly. We're very glad that you stopped by. We will go ahead and get started. But uh,
2: don't actually stop by. We're whole episode about Vanna White. would you say? Don't actually stop by. We're very private people. Yeah. We're going to talk about that made-for-TV movie where she played a Greek goddess? Sure. It's called Will of Fortune, Chad. No! Crap. Now i got to look it
0: up. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's, those are actual sponsors. She's not making those prizes appear out of thin <laughs> air and that money.
1: You know, I did, do you ever think that she gets upset that, like, she used to no, she have can't.
0: a- No, she can't. The plastic surgery won't allow that to happen. Yeah.
1: She used to have an actual physical job. When I, now, kids, when I was little, the letters actually turned. Now they don't. She just touches them, and it's a computer screen.
0: Did, did, did you have to walk uphill both ways to school, sir? Did,
1: but think about
2: no, that. Were you under- really, Like, literally, now her nourished. only job is- Clearly not undernourished now. And that made for TV movie. By the way, it's a little on the nose- Goddess of love, the god Zeus sends Venus, the goddess of love to Earth to find her own true love.
1: Mm. Probably enough, it was going to be called, um,
2: I don't know, Hell on Earth. And just oh, wait, her, true love is apparently, her true love was apparently David Naughton.
0: Hey, David Naughton, what happened to him? I met him once at Scarefest. I think I met him at the first Scarefest. But I did not pay for him to sign my American Werewolf in London. You know what? I may not have owned my American Werewolf in London poster at that time.
2: That's
1: fascinating. Huh. Now this good is a great segue into this story. By the way, for the Greek Greek four God Vanna
0: White and his going on about, oh, she used to have to flip the letters,
1: but she doesn't anymore. Well, I'm just saying, it used to be
2: work. You used to do.
1: Now she's just she's just a, a showcase person. <laughs> you might as well be one of the Barker's beauties. Anyway, so today's topic, gentlemen, is love
0: TV. songs. What? Well, there's the some in there, probably. I heard. And a love song, an old-fashioned love song, coming down no. in three-part harmony.
1: No, no. The 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 Just theme of fashion. today, see, it's a theme, Chad. See where I'm setting up? The theme uh, of today you're is, going to is, write television, theme. is television theme songs. Oh. Theme songs that played on television series that sometimes are better than the television series they played upon. Yes, several
2: cases that's true. And yeah. by the way, can we all agree that none of us picked the? Da, 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 da. Oh, I can't do it. The Friends theme song. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I I literally thought about that because of course the uh, yeah, it's the Rembrandt. Yeah, the Rembrandt. There you go, Jed.
1: Joe got it. Um, I thought about it, but to be I, honest, I really I, nailed
0: it. I'm not. I
1: actually was. Yeah, I I was not Rembrandt. sure that was who it was. No, it's yeah. the Rembrandt.
0: Uh, oh.
1: I, I thought about it. Were one hit one. Yes. Um, no, I've got their greatest hits. It's that <laughs> song played at different speeds. Anyway, <laughs> and this
2: time instead of clapping, we'll snap.
0: You will now kill people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> by the way, this, this is going to be, by the way, what I just tried it to do with friends devil. is going to be each of us for this entire episode. We're going to just try to hum the theme song and not get anywhere near close to what the song actually is. <laughs> oh, I was going to do dramatic words, uh, spoken word. I
0: can't, uh, uh, there's one of the mine I cannot do, but
1: I, I was going to say the the reason I didn't do that because of who I'm married to, you would think that would have been forced upon my list and my free will would have been gone, but
0: well, a lot of to, things have been forced upon you.
1: Uh, to me, that's that outside of its purpose in that show. Like I never think, Oh, that's, that's got a cool sound to it. It's, 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 I'm, I'm going to spawn haters here. Much like the show itself, it is very generic. Yeah. Yep. There's that they all lived in New York. There wasn't a lot of diversity. They always had access to that t- the, the t- same table in the restaurant. I mean, it's, and yes, I know I know Die Hard fans. There's a little sign that says reserved on it. But who have you ever been to New York? Does anybody pay attention to those signs? No, they don't. So anyway, they're the too Barry busy team. watching that rat eat that pizza. Oh man, that, that rat! Why don't he have a theme song? I'd buy, that. A I'd buy about that, that, rat. that.
0: He's just trying to survive in the city. A rat in the city. Yeah. I mean, it's fall. Oh now. my
1: God. If you would, it's a pizza pie. It can be the pizza pie rat.
2: Pizza uh, pie uh, that, who wants to go first? A <laughs> rat in the city. I guess I'll go I first. You. Cause mine's a little, my first one's a little on the nose, but when we were talking about best theme songs, I couldn't pass it up because you know, life is like a hurricane. Here in Duckburg, race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. And that's yeah, all I've ever seen because I don't want Disney to suit. That song has one or of the
1: best. Or rewrite history. Might solve a mystery or rewrite, rewrite history. history. Oh, Jesus. no, I skipped the line. Oh, uh, <laughs> so now it's a parody and we're covered. No, yeah. Uh, you know, the the one so show
2: that's are they from? Tailspin? <laughs> Tailspin, yeah. <clears> throat> which, throat> which Tailspin has a good theme song did not make my list and that, well you know i was gonna say duck
1: Tales and Darkwing Duck duck be <clears> two <throat> best theme songs no offense meant to rescue rangers but my kids watched what about tailspin Res- i appreciate tailspin more rescue mm-hmm. rangers to me has the weakest theme of that disney afternoon oh i disagree sir
2: i actually
0: it's all just, those disney cartoons have pretty good i mean gummy bears had a good one
2: and you know yeah they're every, bouncing here and there and everywhere honestly <laughs> every disney theme song was great even gargoyles had a good theme it was all instrumental but no um, and i want to talk, and let me get into some facts about ducktales before we discuss it too so it was written by mark Mueller and sung by jeff the um and by the way mark Mueller also wrote the theme songs for darkwing and chippendales um and and the reason why i talked about this one first is there is an amazing article that goes really in depth about the history of the ducktales theme song and you know why it's so why, why there's certain tunes in it that make it so popular. It's by Vanity Vanity Fair. Um, it's they actually call this uh, song the history's catchiest one minute of music. And most of the facts that are that I'm reading are from this article. So Mark was uh, he was actually a struggling songwriter who wrote and directed the initial run of the um, who who wrote the initials. Uh, he wrote the song in 45 minutes. That's all it took him to write it. Um, and he was in his walk-up apartment. He he recorded the initial recording on a Roland Juno One synthesizer in a simple reel-to-reel tape recorder, which he submitted to Disney. Uh, before that, he was like kind of a he was a he was a somewhat successful songwriter. He wrote songs for George Benson, Lou Rawls, The Pointer Sisters, and James' favorite band, Captain and Tennille. Muskrat love, Chad. Yeah, <laughs> Muskrat, Muskrat Susan, Muskrat man, love. and Muskrat Sam. But no, uh, and what got him this job to write this theme song? And he was one of many who wrote this theme, uh, wrote the wrote a song, theme song for Ducktales. Was he actually wrote the the song for Hearts? Nothing at all. It was um, nothing at all. Yep. Yeah. Do you know how much he was? And what, what kills me more than anything is you know how iconic this song is, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the fact that if you know Disney and you literally hear anybody go "woo," you're gonna fall
2: think, into that song. I
0: think that is the. That's the quintessential one for that time.
2: Do you know how much he was paid for to write this, write and produce this song? 50 bucks. $1,250.
0: Yeah. Disney is notorious for not paying people.
2: Right. And to this day, there are 362,000 results on YouTube for the DuckTales theme song. And most of those are dedicated to some kind of parody of the DuckTales theme song. Like there's a whole theme song dedicated to duct tape in the tune of DuckTales or various fan interpretations. Um, the show has aired in more than 100 countries, and the theme song has been interpreted in 25 different languages. The only time where they chose not to use the theme song was in Korea, and they changed it to this horrible song. And uh, Korea actually decided to give to put the theme song back in shortly after it got released in that the country. What's the what's the 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 cover that they or the song they used in,
1: instead called? Watch this North American capitalist crap because <laughs> if it was that's I mean it would be an accurate I'm, thing and I so, love ducktails, but that
2: would be I'm assuming when they were Korea, I'm American. assuming they were referring to South Korea I don't imagine North Korea actually letting the the public view ducktails well they <laughs>
1: they did it was just you know the creation of their own country and they just scrubbed out anything American
2: because if anything if anybody was a um Well, you know, they might of a capitalist dog. It would be Scrooge McDuck.
1: Oh my God, no! It would be Goofy.
2: Goofy is the ultimate capitalist dog. You heard it here first. What about (laughs) Walt? (laughs) Nothing. No, no. You know, work on that one. Uh, Anyway, no. So I I just I had to go on the nose for my first one, just because Ducktales is so iconic, and I struggled with because I disagree with James. uh, Dark. I love Chippendale's Rescue Rangers theme song, uh, but I love dark, Darkwing Duck even more. Um, and it was between the three as to which Disney theme song I was gonna pick. But when you think of theme songs from our childhood and from the 80s and from cartoons in general, DuckTales is by far, I mean, the the cast of the new series did a, an amazing interpretation of it with David Tennant and uh, who, everybody else who's on that show. But they don't do it for the show, do they? No, yeah, they didn't. They did this. Oh no, no, did. no!
1: But they they have a new
2: recording for the but show. But they just was. threw it away. Yeah, it was, right. It was a pro, it was a promotional gimmick to get people to start watching the new cartoon. Which is, is pretty good, by the way. If you've not watched the new
1: cartoon, it's still a lot of fun. I've watched yeah. a couple episodes of it. But by, by the way, Chad, which is your least favorite then? Because like I said, I, I'm not saying it's terrible, but chippendales is my least favorite.
2: Man, the- that's the problem. I have a hard time with it. Like, I, you know, I was originally going to say Tailspins was my least favorite. But really? I watched, but I watched it recently with the girls. Yeah, and man, it's amazing. <laughs> it's got a good, it's got a good little team. Yeah.
1: So, so he, uh, and it tries to emulate. I think I think Tailspin gets the closest to trying to emulate and doesn't succeed as well. To DuckTales because it does have the "oh", oh part. Like it has yeah. a, you know, your it has a hook there, but it's, it just doesn't work as well as
2: "oh, uh, woo." You, you know if. <laughs>
1: You know, I literally you, have put more thought into this than I have put into anything in the last. Week. Yeah, this is and going longer than I
2: thought it would. And I can't. And I can't pick gargoyles simply for the fact that gargoyles. You know, if I had to pick one, I'd pick gummy bears. There you go. Yeah, by, by that's the way, your least favorite. That's my least favorite. Really? That's to, to all, that's his kid. But no, it's I still love it. But James is asking me to pick my least favorite. It's. I mean, I can bears.
0: remember that one, but I couldn't remember Chip and Dale's one.
2: Oh, see, I can. So, Chip and Bendale. Rescue no clue. Rangers. So, that's my first pick. Who's got the next one, guys? Well, Who?
0: I'll go with next because I have an iconic one, too, That's I've. I don't know. You use the word struggle on this show, and that's kind of bullshit. Nothing <laughs> we do on here is really struggling. But it really – it, it's on the nose. It's one that everybody knows. It's a really easy one. But and I I didn't want to put it on the list because everybody knows it. And some people hate it. And some people love it. But it shaped my childhood. And it's Scooby Doo. Where are you? We got some work to do now. I, I just it shaped who I am. It's something that I watched and loved growing up. We got some work to do now. Where are you now? Hold on. Where are you? I fucked it up. Come on, Scooby Doo. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. Screw up an iconic thing. That's fine.
0: The way you shake and shiver. I enjoyed Scooby quite a bit. I probably didn't stop enjoying Scooby until I was in my teens. I would still watch it at home. It is iconic. It was, hold on. I need to give you all the who wrote it. I am so sorry. I had it pulled up right here just a second ago and then it totally went away. It was written by Ted Nichols, and the theme was used for the opening credits and under the title cards for the premiere episode of What a Night for a Night. Closing theme for the first show is more familiar theme song shown above written by David Mook and Bill Raleigh and recorded by Mook three days after the show's September 3rd broadcast premiere. After Nicole's theme was used as both the opening and closing theme of the second broadcast episode, A Clue for Scooby-Doo, the show's official theme song became the permanent opening credits theme and was also heard during the closing credits on all but three episodes, Hassle in the Castle, Which Witch is Which, and A Night of Fraud is No Delight. These episodes used Ted Nichols' original instrumental theme, which was unheard for many years until the show's resurrection on U.S a's what are we going to say cartoon express, express 1990 that's right it was also heard during its run on the cartoon network until turner decided to remaster all the episodes in 98 by the way because i, I want dvd say- releases of season one do not include the Nichols opening theme on episode one Nichols' original theme is however heard under the title card for each episode of both this and the follow up series the new scooby-doo movies and is very prominently used as a background score for
1: most scooby-doo episodes I want to say for the record, though, as far as... By the way, a
0: lot of that came from fandom.com. We always need to give credit where credit's due because I uh, didn't know who wrote it. But I I mean, I think most people of my
1: age can sing a little bit of the Scooby song, right? Well, I I was going to say, I think Scooby-Doo is a character that in some ways is the closest you have to a second generation of Looney Tunes in that it has never went away. Like Jabberjaw, no. no offense. And they me, keep Trent. reinterpreting it. But yeah, yeah, Scoob. My kids do like I was, I was trying to think you of something. Jerk those. one. There's a ton of Hanna Barbera cartoons that have kind of died away, and And, and what I wanted to, was getting at is that say what? what you, you say feel. Speed Buggy isn't as relevant today <laughs> because nobody drives Speed Buggies anymore. Um, or goes anyway. to the beach. Nobody goes to the beach unless they want the Rona. Unless they want the Rona, that's the truth. (laughs) Anyway, um, what I was going to say, though, is I was thinking after you said that, because I never thought about Scooby-Doo making my list, but I just want to say for the record, kids, that I think every version of Scooby-Doo has at least in some way has a theme song that does indeed, as the kids say, slaps. Like there is something about every Scooby-Doo, because I was saying about the pup named Scooby-Doo, which however you feel about that show, which I thought was funny, funny because it breaks the fourth wall all the time um But the theme song for that, I remember. So there's something about the Scooby Doo themes. Whoever they have that do, does updates it, even the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo works, and that's because it's narrated by Vincent Price. Shocker! <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not going to go into all the rest of them because I have absolutely no idea and can't talk about it. I'm sure that. But my, no, I, I, I was just saying there's something can, about that. But...
1: There's something about the way they've handled the music for that. But then again, music was always a big part of Scooby-Doo, right? Music was oh, yeah.
0: always a big sp- Even with the guest stars, it was often musicians. If it wasn't
2: Jerry Reed. It Mama, was, Cass.
0: Mama, Mama Cass. Mama Cass. Did an and the Monkees do one, too?
2: I mean, I'm pretty sure don't i yeah, I I'm imagining so wrong, that? but isn't the music constantly playing in the background? They're never not playing music on Scooby-Doo.
1: On the radio, when they're in the mystery machine, a lot of times when they, they driving. They're they always
0: listening them. to the radio. They're often dancing on the beach or wherever and they're at even, right even, before they Mystery
2: happens. Yeah, but even when they're walking through like the haunted house or the haunted playground or or the the haunted toilet, it's usually up tempo. It's usually some kind of uh, yeah, it's kind of up to speak. They never stop playing music on Scooby Doo, so yeah, it was pretty detrimental to the Scooby Doo universe, in my opinion. And I don't know Did if you say if detrimental. That, detrimental. Don't you mean essential? Essential means bad <laughs> Sorry, i
1: was
0: essential. trying to figure out what he meant too i was like did he hate the music on I say, god he just smacked down little I man
2: other, other, other than the theme song yeah,
0: i don't care Sunshine. for any of the music on, on but uh yeah but I, that, I i mean scooby-doo the theme song. Too, will always have a place in my heart i i i actually would like to introduce my kid to it a little bit but I, it's not really it's you can watch thing you can watch basically mashups on youtube but unless you have it's not cartoon network i what's the other one uh what's it called boomerang unless you and you have to subscribe to boomerang before you can watch a lot of that stuff on demand otherwise you kind of have to buy the blu-ray dvds of it you would think it was easily accessible on a streaming service it's not you have to pay for it
1: we are we have a ton of them on dvd yeah i don't and blue just because my kids He's, He's now, you need to start movie. him, though, with the best one ever that has some, once again, slapping music, folks. And that is, of course, Scooby-Doo Meets Kiss. You know what? It, Scooby-Doo it, is, it is better than? It is way, then? way better than it has any right to be if you've not seen Scooby-Doo Meets I Kiss. I loved all those Scooby-Doo mashup movies. Oh my, I mean, the, uh, the, the Jonathan winners. Oh, yeah. Well, the, I loved them. The movie Batman that they Robin? did. Oh, uh, Jerry Van Dyke did one. And the only thing I remember raised, about that episode, Jerry may be the best though. And the only thing I remember about the Jerry Van Dyke episode, Scooby Doo meets Jerry Van Dyke, is at the end, he's teaching Shaggy how to do different calis, calisthenics and work out, and he just ends the episode by saying, "Okay, here's the best exercise you can do. First, I want you to lift your left leg up. Then I want you to lift your right leg up. And see, Joe, what happens then is there's no legs on the ground and he falls. Ah, <laughs> That's Jerry Van Dyke. He does not you. fall
0: immediately no he it's a cartoon. For a second. there's a pause right. and
2: then, did he, make, hop in his, then did he hop in his mother and drive away that is an obscure reference <sighs> that most people aren't going to get but god bless you sir for making you're welcome
1: i didn't get it my mother the, like, car, the car He starred in my mother the car i've never seen it no. How do you? How did you get out of the holler without seeing
0: my mother? I still the have never seen The Sound of Music, but somehow or another, saw all of Verhoeven's Dutch films by the time <laughs> I was nineteen.
2: No, they made <laughs> Not us watch
0: Verhoeven's American films. No, no, no. We're talking like the Fourth Man, Spetter,
2: Soldier of Orange. They made us watch Sound of Music in school, probably while our teacher was sipping scotch underneath her desk. <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to say something else underneath your desk. No. (sighs)
1: James, what's your pick? Uh, You know, I I actually picked theme songs that I would listen to without the show. And one of them that I have bought, I actually bought on CD when it was released, because I do think. um, But what's interesting about it is it was written by the show's creator and performed by Sonny Landon. No, performed by Sonny Rhodes take my love take my land take me where i cannot stand <laughs> i don't care i'm still free you can't take the sky from, that me. from me the uh, theme from firefly i don't did. care what's going on i don't an episode and i love firefly but James, that, i got it, i got it. the selection of that song and having sunny Rhodes performance sunny Rhodes as a blues musician um, and if you've not heard the full song, there's extra choruses, obviously.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but take me out to the black, tell him I'm not coming back. Like if you listen to the full song, it is very much a blues song, but it works so well for that show. It has that country blues feeling, but I can't imagine Firefly with any other song.
2: I did not even, that didn't even make my list. That is one of my favorites. I didn't even think about it. So kudos, James. I, I literally,
1: like I said as we were doing this, I was like, man, because 80s themes kept popping up in my head. I'm like, man, if we're doing one on TV themes, though, I can't let. And Sonny Rhodes, if you've never heard of Sonny Rhodes, Sonny Rhodes is huge in Europe. Still performs, I believe. He's yeah. uh, huge in Europe, not as huge in America, though he should be. Um, but he's still performing the blues and all of that stuff. Firefly, the uses of blues in that is just—it's perfect for what that show is, and and. So, I like the song, but I don't know
0: that I'd listen to it without the show.
1: Oh, I think if you hear the full version, it's very much. And I love the blues. I, I don't know if you're a big blues fan, so uh you know I've got BB B. King CDs and stuff. Now CDs, kids, but before. before I thought I I he was about to educate through. me
0: about BB B. King. <laughs> <laughs> for a split second, I was like. Listen, bitch, <laughs> I was 10 rows ahead of you for B.B. King.
1: I love, night. actually, B.B. King has one. The, have you seen the documentary about B.B. King? We're sidetracking, but I don't care. The B.B. King documentary where he talks about he fled, basically, the sharecropper farm because he wanted to go perform downtown. I haven't seen it's, it that particular He finished one very quickly, and I guess he was a teenager at the time. He finished very quickly because he used to play on the corner in New Orleans and just get quarters and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to finish. He literally um, – jumped off the tractor he was working on and uh to go and perform because he could make money performing but he had to basically sharecry he had to make sure his family had a place to yeah. live and he was in such a hurry he forgot to make sure the tractor fully stopped <laughs> and the tractor went straight on and and rammed something and he said and that's when I stopped sharecropping because I didn't go back <laughs> and he went back years later and and of course uh uh the owners uh, the owner of the farm that he was working on said you still have to work off that track so. <laughs> it's a great story if you, get, if you get i forget the name of the documentary but it's hosted he, They and they take him back to where the where it was and now it's just a field and he retells all the stories that's wasn't it, it a field
0: when he was working at it with a tractor to begin with well, no, no,
1: the entire area though the farm and everything's gone now it's just Bacon, James,
2: bacon fields. James, this uh, is a wonderful story, but I got some bad news for you. What? The thrill is gone. Sorry. <laughs> Who's up next? I've been downhearted, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the day we met. <laughs> Our love is nothing like but the blues. Tell All me right. how blue
1: can you get?
2: Uh, so my next one is mostly instrumental. Um, but it does have some lyrics at the beginning. But it is quintessential, in my opinion, when you think of theme songs. Um, and it wouldn't have been available if a crack commando unit wasn't sent to prison by a military court <laughs> for a crime they didn't commit. Are you talking about I love about it Matt when the plan comes together. <laughs> Matlock. Matlock. Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> so if you should happen to find them, you yourself can hire the A-Team. <laughs>
0: didn't you just send a text about your hatred of guns no more than three hours ago
2: (laughs) but when it's at the beginning of the 18th theme song all is forgiven (laughs) no go ahead do it what they they also
1: had a song they used during the show which i think was called putting it together which was usually the song that played when they were doing their plan when they were putting it it together
2: yeah, yeah yeah when the plan came together and they were putting together when they were macgyvering the whole plan because i i used to know a guy i
1: actually still know him. i haven't seen him in years but he could play the putting it together song on guitar and i was always like wait, out of all the songs to learn you were like no 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 teach me the 18 putting it together
2: song but uh you know when I did research on it there were some interesting uh, so it was composed by two people mike post and pete carpenter um they they together combined as a team. They did. They also did Magnum PI, Law and Order, and Quantum Leap. Uh, they uh-huh. actually. Quantum Leap. Yeah. They, <laughs> uh, they, uh, they, uh, Mike Post actually had a, a a pretty successful career as a producer of music. Uh, he produced uh, Kenny Rogers' first three albums were his rock slash country group, The First Edition. Um, yep. He also produced Dolly Parton's albums for Nine to Five and Odd Jobs. Really quick, um, I just stopped by to Parker. see
0: what condition yeah. my condition was in.
1: Didn't. I always wanted the first ed- edition to have to fight the Fifth Dimension. What about the new edition? Nobody cares about that. Nobody first gives two shits about first the new edition. edition versus Fifth Dimension. Could have been a battle of the bands. Could have happened. Didn't. It? Didn't we happen. And now
0: Kenny but Rogers is wins, dead.
2: We lose. But anyway, so he teamed up with Peter Carpenter in 1973, and they actually composed, the uh, they their first comp- comp- composition job was the theme song theme song to the Rockford Rock Files, I Cannot Talk. Oh, I, that's actually, I, I love the Rockford Files.
1: Rockford Files doesn't get enough credit for being one of the first uh, show, or one of the earliest shows I know of, that the beginning had something different every episode, where it was his answering machine. Yep. And sometimes it was his father leaving a message sometimes, but they were all, and sometimes it was like, this is Linda from the bank. You're overdrawn. Are you still taking me out to dinner Friday?
2: Yeah. And if you, and if you hear that theme song, you hear a lot of the, some of the same elements that you would hear in the 18th theme song. Um, but in terms of the Team, that was the song that I would hear as a kid. And I would just go into full on like, combat mode jumping off the couch around. Well, the song around. is actually
0: better than the show
1: yes and by the way do you do you think it's funny because I was thinking about this because I didn't have 18 on my list but it came to my mind and I didn't use it because it was largely instrumental and I wanted to be able to do song cues or lyrics uh, as my intros uh, that being said do you think because as a kid I can remember I can't tell you much about what remembering episodes of the 18 but I knew who Mr. T was at a stupidly young age yes oh yeah he, do kids have anybody like that now? Like, I, I can remember. I mean, you know, as far as – it didn't matter if he was in Rocky. It didn't matter if he was
2: in the A-Team. I was like – Maybe The Rock. His, he yeah, had his own a- cartoon. He had his own cereal. Maybe The Rock. It would honestly be The Rock or Robert Downey Jr. at this point.
0: Yeah, I think – I that's true. I, I don't even – oh, yeah, I guess Iron Man. Maybe The Rock or – yeah, I, it's not many. And I don't know that The Rock – has the cultural impact. Oh, not taking anything away this, from The Rock. This, oh, well,
2: was, the
0: Rock is much more talented than Mr. T. I'm going to correct Mr. myself.
2: Hold on. But before you say Mr. T, I do got to correct myself. There is a, now there is a, a Mr. T composite in this age. John Cena. But he doesn't have so. his own cereal. Yeah. I no, John Cena doesn't have cereal.
1: My kids have never watched wrestling in their lives that I know of. But my son will scream out John Cena for no reason. And I know why he does it. They did it on on. uh, There was a stupid move you could get a stupid uh, um, Fortnite type thing in Fortnite, and it was John Cena doing the whatever or the where he does that. Yeah, you could get that as an expression you could buy for your Fortnite character to do. So my son will occasionally every blue moon just scream John Cena. I'm like, you have.
0: I gotta go with James on this though until I see
2: John Cena flakes. Well, I was gonna say because that's what I remember. but in, ter- in terms of kid appeal, in terms of kid appeal, John Cena has the same kid appeal that that Mr. T did. In terms of, he's he's by far the number one person who grants the most Make a Wish Foundation wishes. He grants the most wishes. He's all about children. He's making sure kids. I thought know, that was Kazam. <laughs> He was on the Scooby Doo cartoon. I mean, just like. It, but anyway, that's true. No, I, enough, I don't, I don't lady think who I, I work with
0: daughter her her stepdaughter loves John Cena too because I got free tickets to Playing with Fire and she her, her stepdaughter thought it was going to her head explode. She told me later, I was like, really? She knows who that is. Um, so maybe, but I still don't see the cultural impact like Mr. T. I
2: know I don't think he has the cultural impact as Mr. T. I'm just saying, as in terms of a cultural equivalent to now, is John Cena. Mm. But anyway, so no, James, I you were talking about Mr. T. I didn't mean to cut you off. But... No, well, uh, Mr. well, I think we just... talked about Mr. T enough. Uh, no. Well, no, i no, was... pity fool who says we talked about Mr. T enough. I'll say
0: John Cena <laughs> will have a longer career than Mr. T, or at least a longer lifespan. You think,
2: you think Mr. T, though? I think
1: Mr. T had comic books. He had that cartoon series where he helped the gymnastic team compete, <laughs> or whatever. I, it... I literally look it up. I'm not making it up. But I no. think no. it was also the fact that even Mr. T, when he had all the gold chains and everything, he was also a representation of an African American man that was also very Christian. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, because he was, was all. Always...
1: Yeah, that's and what he I mean. It
0: was high drug and it was. Yeah. It and was he pitied the time. fools. He pitied and actually, fools. actually, to it was his the time.
1: He blew up at that time, at that right time. And to his credit, um, he did his own voice on an episode. I think he did his own voice on the episode of Robot Chicken where he teamed yeah. up with the Foo Fighters because they fight foods and he pities foods i pity food. and then at the end of the skit you see joe he realizes that his life of violence makes him the foo. and then the food fighters beat him up are we ready for our next one
0: yeah joe go for it okay well mine is completely instrumental but it's one of my favorite shows of all time i still catch it what go go
1: he catches it as often as he does chlamydia
0: did screwed up me? i screwed up and paul and, and sometimes i was say
1: why am i the only one talking
0: because yeah. i meant to hit something different i'm so sorry to our listening audience anyway that mine is completely instrumental and i didn't know the name of it until i googled it today to say well that's my one of my favorite songs i should get that it's called the street beater chad did i steal yours um, what chad what's, what's it from it's did you look up the actual name of yours no song? no well mine's the street beater and it was written by quincy jones oh that's not it yep that's okay i didn't think we'd have the same one and it is the theme song to sanford and son it was oh. on his. There you go. I didn't think anybody else would have it. I, I looked at it, it because I. His album. It. it was on his album. You've got a bad girl in '73. Of course, San Song" premiered in '72. I think.
1: I didn't. I didn't know that was the name of the song because
0: Three I always was, I didn't either. Until I, I thought it
1: was up. just always called.
2: I
0: do think that's one of those things that. Uh, even if people don't know Sanford and son, they probably do know a little bit. If I went "Eh, eh, eh," and you start thinking about that, I think that's a little bit of a, what do you guys think?
2: Yeah. Shut up, you big dummy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which oddly enough, I had a big dummy shirt and then it got destroyed and Chad gave me his, and I found it in the closet the other day. So I'm all excited about getting to wear it. Now when I found my big dummy, you
2: got my big dummy t-shirt still
0: still have your big dummy t-shirt. So, (laughs) Other people recorded it. Henry James, who was a magi- magi- magician, who was a, a machin- magician, recorded it in 1979. But I think that's fascinating that people covered the Street Beater, for the, the San Francisco theme. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Why would you? Uh... It didn't reach the charts, but it did get a go to 294, which I guess the Billboard doesn't necessarily acknowledge. But it is ninth in Rolling Stone Reader Poll of the television theme songs. That's number nine. Of the most memorable that people love is the Street Beater from San and Son. Now, if you don't know what San and Son is, it was a show based on a British show because there was these, a couple of guys, Bud Yorkin and uh, who was the other one? No Anybody idea. remember? Nope. All in the family? Oh, yeah. Go yeah. for it, Joe. I forgot Joe. his name. I forgot his name. He he's he's, he's in his sorry. 90s, what? and he's still- uh, he's Norman still Lear. Here. Norman Lear. So Norman Lear and Bud Yorkin made a ton of money ripping off British television shows. And by ripping them off, they paid for them, brought them over here, and made them hugely successful.
2: Oh, yeah, by the way, you see- know I know that know you were... All the
0: Family is based on a show from Britain, FYI, yeah. like a lot of things, like The Office. If you all don't know this, The Office was a show- in Britain with Drakey Gervais beforehand because I'm pretty sure a lot of you who quote it to me haven't a clue. Anyway, back to what I was saying. It's called Step, Toe, and Son. It was kind of the same premise. And what they did was hire a comedian who had done what we call blue records and been very successful working blue for many, many years Called Red Fox, and it shot him to another level of popularity and everyone's home, which most people who, as if you read much about Red Fox, would have never have guessed, because that was not necessarily Red Fox's humor. No, Red Fox was a very blue comedian. Anybody and got a good Red Fox joke? I got one, but I don't know if I should tell it on here. I don't think you should. It's not, it's not bad or racist. It's just dirty. Anyway. <laughs> So well, that one's mine, The Street Beater, Sanford and Son. I can't hear it, not
2: smile. James, what do you got?
1: This is one that I literally, uh, the the retro, as Joe said, thing. the Retroist website did an entire collection of people doing covers of this theme because it, because it is very niche. It's very minor. Uh, it was originally performed for the show by Leon Redbone, And, 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 and if you don't know Leon Redbone, he was a jazz and blues musician, but he was known for comedically claiming that he wrote just about every song or, you know, like he'd be "Oh, the battle hymn of the Republic. I wrote this when I was on a drinking binge, like things that obviously predated him quite a bit. But as I said, I wanted to use lyrics to introduce these streaks on the China never mattered before who cares when you drop kick your jacket as you came through the door no one glared but sometimes things get turned around and no one's spared all hands look out below there's a change in the status quo gonna need all the help that we can get the song is called according to our new arrivals and it was a theme song for the show mr belvedere dear Mr. Belvedere I had by the no
0: way. idea what in the H E double fucking hockey sticks you were talking about to you said Mr. I've I i do not think I've ever seen an episode of Mr. I, I love I Mr. Belvedere. I also didn't watch Punky Brewster.
1: Retroist though, Retroist said it's one of the or th- Blossom. things that, that remember Mr. Belvedere remember the theme song. And some people argue that's because the theme song itself is so iconic, maybe more than the show. Because outside of and I'm blanking on the name of the gentleman that he played Mr. Mr. Hewitt. Christopher Hewitt. He was very iconic, but the show itself. Bob Eucher playing Bob Eucher. But you know why? But you know why Christopher Hewitt
2: was mostly famous for sitting What's on that? his own balls. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Anyway, well, it happens to everybody. Here's,
1: here's why this is very, very, very iconic as a theme song.
0: How many varies was that?
2: It's very, but, but, but I tell you what, it's a varied Hewitt, amount of varies. Go ahead, Jeff. Christopher Hewitt did care that day. When he sat on his own balls.
1: <laughs> that's that's
2: that's great, Jeff. Thank you for adding that to our Was theme Bob
0: Euchre there to make a ball analogy.
1: Oh, there's <laughs> a little bit
2: outside. I think Bob Euchre is the one that is the reason why we have that story about Christopher Hewitt sitting on his own balls. <laughs> the Painful. interesting thing about this theme
1: song is it's pedigree. Because the people who wrote the theme song also wrote theme songs for other shows most notably the so it was written by Gary Portnoy and Judy Hart Angelo do those names clear that remembered? up portnoy said yeah portnoy and angelo and judy hart angelo wrote a song for another thing they tried to write the theme to cheers and it was rejected so they tried again it was rejected the third time it worked they wrote where everybody knows your name which is a song that's really depressing
0: that people never hear the second if part of. If you
1: hear the yeah. second part of it and your husband wishes he was a girl...
0: Um... Yeah, that's the part they never hear. It's like yeah. suicide is painless for Mash. They always yeah. hear just the instrumental. Not, if you hear the not instrumental, that Mash fine. Was on somebody. I'm sorry if I ruined it for everybody. But no, 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 no. But I, you're right. Suicide is painless. Everybody. Suicide like, is painless. Da,
1: da, da, and they're like, oh, it sounds upbeat. And I'm like, listen. Well, to Well, because the they
0: don't know the movie. The movie had the yeah. lyrics. Then the, right. They did the show, and the show is what everybody remembers. Not taking anything away. The movie's a classic film, but most people remember a lot of the show. And gray. they don't they just hear the instrument, which is great, but suicide is painless. It's right there if you sing along. Suicide is painless. It brings on many,
1: many changes, which was written I by can the take directors. It or leave it. I can take or leave it as I please. That's my favorite lyric from that song. Um, that being said, um, Gary Portnoy is is a fascinating cat because he wrote uh, songs for Dolly Parton, including Say Goodnight. He wrote for Air Supply, I'll Never Get Enough of You. Um, he also, like I said, wrote for I don't know uh, either one of the songs you just said. He wrote also... Joe I know Air
0: Supply, but I didn't... No, you
1: you gave away another one he wrote for. He also wrote the theme song for Punky Brewster. So oh. Gary Portnoy and, and his writing partner, Judy Hardangelo, were just theme song writing machines. Like, they, they did a lot of stuff. He took a hiatus for a while, but came back in 2007. He started releasing songs again, and he has released an album with nothing but, or the majority of songs, being his TV thing. Hmm. So Gary Portnoy and Judy Hart Angelo. Uh, but Mr. Belvedere, I know Joe doesn't know it, but if you've ever yeah. seen Mr. – as a matter of fact, it's one of my favorite family guy gags, is just where um, Stewie is trying to watch Mr. Belvedere and something else is happening, and he goes, hey, hey, trying to watch Mr. Belvedere over here. And they keep going, and he goes, really trying to watch Mr. – and then he just starts screaming the theme song. Because that's all anybody knows from the show yeah. is theme song, and that's not an offense. Please, Mr.
2: Euchre, don't come and beat me up. Here's Chad's address. Beat the hell out of here. I will say uh, the only the, in the only episode I remember about Mr. Belvedere. And by the way, I agree with you. That's a great theme song. Didn't think about it, but yeah, that that opening of that theme song that, that just happened, yeah, it's, it's really. Very- yeah. Yeah. No. But uh, is the one where uh, the the eldest son has started smoking, and Mister Belvedere decides to teach him about the dangers of smoking by sitting him in a room and smoking nonstop. My, <laughs> but the the episode that I remember, and it's and this is and the then way he that, sat on his own balls.
1: Nineteen eighties <laughs> television shows were permanently scarred, and, and Blossom capped this this trend Uh-oh. where every episode was a very special Blossom. Yeah. But. I, I do remember the episode of Mr. Belvedere where uh, the younger son goes to camp and he gets touched by the counselor. And, by the way, it's 80s touch, so, like, he gives him a massage or something. Yeah. I don't like that, and he passed a report. It. And I remember that because it was, like, on a very special Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> and I was like I, – I was wondering why nobody was giving me so, shoulder rubs. I was about to say, is he passing
0: out shoulder rubs because <laughs> – yeah. Got a kink. I'm a little I, bit tense.
1: I realized, by the way, I realized as I was older. I'm like, I oh, do that- have
0: a kink. He's <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: well spoken, sir. That- I
0: do have a kink. Shut up, that episode,
1: uh, <laughs> I realized, of course, later as I grew up. I'm like, oh, they couldn't show what it would have actually been because it's 1980 sitcom.
0: But, Nor well, does anybody really want to see that at 8:30 on ABC, NBC, yeah. CBS, wherever that show. Is. Now that's totally a Fox show. <laughs> It's a Fox show.
2: All right, next, next. All victim. Right. So this is my favorite theme song of all time. Um, it's completely instrumental, but it was my number one pick when we decided to do this topic and I can't not pick it. Suicide thought, is painless. No, I thought Joe was going to, I thought Joe was getting ready to steal it from me. Um, and bow, bow, bow. any familiar Night Court there you go night court why every time I hear that theme song, I get a smile from ear to ear. Is Night court streaming on anything not to my where, not that I'm aware not that's another
0: of. one that just it's on me
1: TV but but for four hundred dollars, Richard Mull will stream on you uh, well, he fun.
0: probably will do cameo cheaper than that, and if you don't know <laughs> what cameo is, google it
1: yeah and we'll start doing cameo if somebody tells us they want us to chris has asked me
0: more than once and i keep saying i don't think anybody's going to pay for that but keep going
2: no so yeah night court is quintessential for me in terms of theme songs like as soon as we said we were going to do this or when i came up with the idea of doing theme songs i'm like that's the one i want to talk about um so i looked up the guy who did it it was written and composed by jack elliott um, who won the BMI TV Music Award? I don't know what that body award
0: mass was. index. Yeah. <laughs> he won my the body big. mass index award. According too to my doctor, mine's too
2: high. A little too high. That have a bitch beat me. But apparently, this was a this was a big award in the '80s. It, he won uh, for the Night Court theme song from for three years running, from 1987 to 1989. Uh, Jack Elliott was actually brought to Hollywood by Judy Garland. Um, who wanted who him did, to become? You did, you did. Yeah, who wanted him to become the arranger for her TV show? Um, he also wrote. He Put co- that chair
1: over there.
0: That <laughs> joke, I, that's yeah, we shouldn't. Hold on, once again,
2: as the kids say, that joke slaps. You know? Oh, he co-wrote the theme song to Barney Miller and Charlie's Angels. Uh, he also scored numerous movies, including The Jerk. Oh God! And support your local oh, gunfighter.
0: Barney Miller. Would that is similar. I was actually sitting thinking about Barney Miller beforehand. Now you're saying it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, and, um, support your local sheriff. He did the music for that. Yep. That's It's actually one of my favorite comedies. It's one of my favorite comedy westerns. We should do comedy westerns. You didn't hear me say. I
2: thought you. Were, uh, yeah. Yeah. He was the uh, he was the creator of the Henry Mancini Institute, and he was co-founder of the American Jazz Philharmonic. Um, he was the music dir- he was the music director for the Academy Awards, Emmy Awards, and the nineteen eighty four Summer Olympics. And more importantly, he was the director of the Grammy Awards for thirty straight years.
0: But the biggest achievement was his body mass index.
2: Index. <laughs> oh, his biggest achievement was the Night Court. His BMI.
0: His BMI. <laughs> That's what he'll stand on.
2: So, uh, just Night Court. If you don't know the show. At least look up the theme song. And just also, I mean, you should know it just for
1: the male torment. Yeah.
0: And yeah. Uh, John Astin cameos. Uh, John, John,
2: I, no, that's true. Because, you know, I'm all better now.
0: I'm telling you. I, Tarantino said once on Saturday Night Live, it, you knew it was going to be a good bewitched if Uncle Arthur showed up. Yeah. You knew it was going to be a fantastic night court if John Astin, who played his father, showed up. Spoiler oh sorry uh,
1: by the way uh you can follow on twitter marcia warfield is that is yeah that uh, she is a delight to follow if you're if you're on uh, if you're on twitter follow her because she uh she very much is like her character and says what she thinks and it is entertaining
0: her uh, character that was the third person to play that character, character well i'm not died.
1: saying i'm not saying she kept killing off the she's others the second
2: anything. or third she's a third. third she was a third there, was there two were two older, older ladies. ladies they both yeah. died yeah yeah and then came ross and then came
1: Ross. why wasn't that
2: a spin up <laughs> and then came ross i can't and believe came- none of you have picked mod yet no but uh no i mean and when when Because goes- lady cativa was a freaking fire. i i really thought joey i thought you were going to, i thought you were going to pick this no nope. it didn't even occur to me but no uh but when it goes da da tap 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 you know it's it, it just every fiber of my being, Just get, I just get giddy every time I hear it. Like, and it. And it will make me stop and watch the show, which, by the way, the show is fantastic. But, yeah, so Night Court's my final, my favorite theme song of all time. Mine is weird. Mine is odd.
0: Mine has nothing to do with the show. But it's one of my favorite shows of all time, technically a spinoff of another show that's considered a classic. My show, my song is Toss (laughs) Salad and Scrambled Eggs. They're calling me again. Performed by the actor. Performed by the actor, Kelsey Grammer for Frasier. Now, why is the song Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs? I had to look it up. Okay, so former Frasier writer Ken Levine tracked down Bruce Miller, the composer of the sitcom's theme song, and asked him to explain those, and this is all from Vulture if you want to look it up, those puzzling, possibly salacious lyrics. Levine came through. His response, I was told to avoid any direct references to specific subject matter, so it was necessary to stay away from words about psychiatry, road shows, uh, radio shows, the name, Frasier, anything else directly in indicating aspects of the show so i called my friend daryl finesse who was really talented and really smart and i gave him the idea of the show and he called back and said toss salads and scrambled eggs at first i was a bit baffled myself until he explained that these were things that were mixed up like fraser crane's patience (laughs) that is how we got toss salads and scrambled eggs they're calling again now the other thing that you were talking about, all over right? my face, hey, by the way, all dude. over my face. What a boy to do. The other thing. Good night, Seattle. Okay. Anyway, now I'm just doing all the lyrics. The other thing that I find fascinating, James, you were talking James or Chad. I can't remember who it was earlier about there's, they would always change. Oh, the Rockford Files. So what one of the great things, the if you Files. ever get a chance, if you're a Frazier fan is to track down the people on the phone. Oftentimes the show started with a crazy caller or someone who was having issues, Right. Almost all those people are celebrities. Mm -hmm. It ranges from everyone from Stephen King to I can't think of someone else right now other than (laughs) Stephen King. But I remember the one night I heard Stephen King. I was like, holy shit, because it was the first time as a kid, well, I guess I was a young man, I realized, oh, those are celebrities. That's totally Stephen King. Didn't know it. All of them. So, at the end of the season, oftentimes they'd have a list that would run of all the different celebrities that did the voices that year for the radio call-in for Frasier. Also, Frasier, to me, oh, I may burn in hell for this one. I prefer it to Cheers. Oh, I, I
2: do, too. I do,
1: too. And it has aged way better than Ed Cheers. It
0: has aged slightly better than Cheers. I've watched Cheers. Don't get me wrong, I still like Cheers. <laughs> uh, But it's... I um, If you told me I had the choice between a great Christmas, Frasier had some of the best Christmas episodes of any show of all time. They did one almost every Christmas. I have the DVD over here. And if you told me I had a good Lilith or Christmas episode, as opposed to one of the best, I would pick Frasier every single time.
1: Uh, yeah. By the way, Joe, just to go back to your point, since you blanked after Stephen King, uh famous call-in people include and it's too long a list for me to read oh all you of. can't because hey, it was
0: every season it was different people
1: just for pop culture icons let's go with that linda hamilton christopher yep. reeve joe montagna jeff daniels robert klein carl reiner jay leno ben stiller rosemary clooney elijah wood timothy leary that's one I, i'm gonna have to find out what episode he called in on because please let it be one about taking drugs uh, but there's tons of them, and that's just the ones that are in the beginning of the alphabet. Mary Tyler Moore. There were tons of other ones, so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Fraser to me, and I'm—I I didn't know. I actually, I thought you all agreed with me, but I wasn't for sure. And I've argued this point before, and I think it may be that some people see it as elitist or highbrow. But I don't know that I feel that way at all it because I is, think they're bo- It's about educated folks who sometimes use educated ways of talking but they're still just as stupid as everyone else It is is just as dumb as everyone else Frazier makes just as many stupid mistakes john mahoney as his father was a
1: fantastic character actor who never really got his due it is the same premise not the same premise but it's the same mentality that you have that i have when i watch something like beverly hillbilly because it's the same thing it's oh, Beverly Hillbillies makes fun of poor people. Really, who comes out on the top at the end of Beverly? The hillbillies every hillbillies. time. That their logic, their most direct, and it's the same thing. They're always the honest, open, good yeah. folk. And it's the it's the people that try to con them and do all that stuff. And I think frazier works the same way to say, you know. And it's funny to me that frazier when he's back in Seattle, is all highbrow and talks about how oh, his dad drinks beer. Mm-hmm. Watch Cheers. What was he drinking six months before? And it's that comedy of place. Seattle yeah, has to be more highbrow. There's Boston a fantastic,
0: they, they dealt with it more than once. And one of the great episodes, well, it's not a great episode, but one of the really good episodes is when uh, he was bullied by someone in school who comes over and ha- tends, and is now is a plumber and has to do some work on his apartment or his condo or whatever. And turns out that guy's driving a BMW as well. That guy's just successful. You know why? Because plumbers who are certified make what? Pretty good money. I had some work done it and smacks he just, the shit out of him. There's an episode where he has to take dog food back. And so he has a dirty shirt and somebody it's, there, there's more than one episode where, where the, the people behind Frasier took that on.
1: Well, and I was about saying that's it. So I think it's also just a comedy. Like if you look at Frasier as an evolution of a character, I mean, it is, it is all commentary on when he's in Boston, he wants to blend in there. So he's drinking beer at the bar. He goes back to Seattle and he's drinking champagne and wine. And so I think when you look at the evolution of that character, it's a great commentary on class and what class means, depending on where you are. Also, David Hyde Pierce is a national treasure. (laughs) I literally could watch him do. And that's one of my favorite things when the Simpsons got him to play uh, Cecil, Cecil. Sideshow Bob's brother. Cecil. Cecil, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, Cecil. Oh, don't call Cecil. Cecil. And David Hyde
0: Pierce is in a fan, If you're into horror, is it's not really a horror film. It's in a fantastic low budget little movie called The Perfect Host. I love it's The great. Perfect Host. I do too. He's he's it's it's very low budget, but he carries the whole coming. damn
1: movie. And it's oh yeah, and guests. it's 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 completely compelling because at your first you're like, oh man, this guy doesn't know what co- is coming. And then literally not giving anything away within 30 minutes, you're like, oh my god, this, this other, this guy other has poor son
0: of a bitch. <laughs>
1: The one a few times when I'm like, please, guy who threatens everybody, I hope you make it out of this. I hope you make it out of
0: this. Oh, uh, yeah. The it's perfect host. Yeah. Which also has a theme song at the end of it, which is something we should talk about later in movies. Yeah. All right. So that was mine. I don't know
1: if you all expected that one or not, but. Um, not, but it, it, that I'm glad you told that story because I love that theme song because it does have that kind of band, but I never knew the story myself i didn't know i thought it was it's yeah all right james we've danced around this one but we've got to. we've got to acknowledge it, or i have to because it's one of my all-time favorite shows suicide is the um what now is
0: suicide is painless
1: no no no
0: if i say it that
1: many times i mean um the uh but we, we talked about norman lear and you've got to acknowledge the impact of Those Were the Days. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played, songs that made the hit parade, guys like us, we had it made. Those, Those were the, were the days. days. And you knew who you were then.
0: <laughs> boys are boys <laughs> and men. No, and men girls are girls men. and men were men. And by the way, that's even sexist. It's girls and men. It's not women. Uh, well,
1: and that's the thing. Like, And, and I think – some people are, you know, well the language and the thing, I'm like, no, I think Archie Bunker is as relevant now as he ever was. Oh, Archie Bunker is more relevant now than ever. But I think the reason that show was such a big hit and he I had still a, exists. I heard a had a professor say this and I, I was like, Yeah, that's true. Um, because I never was and no offense meant to anybody, that it is, it just wasn't my thing. I was more of a Doria guy. I never was big Beavis and Butthead fans, because I went to school with those people and I didn't
0: I, I didn't care for it either. I actually didn't enjoy it until I watched the movie. And I well, enjoyed the
1: movie. And I had a, I had an English professor. This is true. And he, in class, said, well, using Beavis and Buttheads as an example. And he goes, wait, is there anybody here that's not a Beavis? And I raised my hand. he goes, why not? And I was like, because I really did I don't think it's funny. And he said, okay, well, watch it again and watch it with this view. For people that are dumb, they watch it and be like, they say what they think. And for people that watch it and think oh those guys are immature jerks they watch it and be like they're funny because they're and he goes Mike Judge is bloody brilliant for because people are going to watch it going they like Metallica woo and then the other people are watching going these guys are idiots that they're funny and mm-hmm. I was like out they put in and it's the same thing all in the family you had people that would watch be like Archie's right America blah 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 uh, and then you had people that are like yeah no we need and it worked because no matter who you were you could find somebody to identify in the show but that theme song was written by Lee Adams, Charles Strauss and Roger Kellaway. Lee Adams and Charles Strauss were writing partners. Um, and so the true story of how that song came together is an accident. Have you ever heard the story Joe or Chad? I know. No. I know. No, Norman no, Lear all the family's a
0: fascinating story because All in the Family should have been canceled the first year too. They the, the, the studio the,
1: the they didn't want to put any money into it and that's why we got that theme song. Norman Lear originally wanted like an orchestra and all of that stuff for an intro. And the studio, or the, the network, whoever came back and network, said, you blew your money. You are getting nothing else from us. And they had a they had a piano there. And he said, screw it. We're going to play, we're going to have a song. And so he found, you know, that Lee and Strauss had wrote, these are the days, he paid for the rights to it. And the fact that that iconic scene of them playing the piano, they filmed it, and if you look, if you're a fan, and you don't watch the where they've edited it for tv and just use the same one every season it changes a little bit archie's shirt changes different things and his response to edith changes by the time you get to the sixth season he looks away when uh when edith looks at him and does that big smile i don't know that i knew that james Thank I that. Know that yeah you can read the full story about how it does and and it usually kind of let you know what where they were like if Archie was going to be mad about Nixon for that season or whatever that Nixon was impeached. So they played around with, because Archie was, you know, who Archie was. That being said, Lee Adams and Charles Strauss were huge writers. They wrote Chad's favorite musical of all time. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Uh, they Hmm. wrote the Annie musical. They wrote, um, they did a, a, a show with Mel Brooks. Um, the, the All-American, which was the book with by Mel Brooks. The lyrics were, were by Adams. It wasn't a huge success, but it actually has the song, Once Upon a Time, which later became famous, and it was recorded by Perry Como, Eddie Fisher, Al Martino, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, Bobby Dare. So these people had real writing chops. But the reason that this song probably is most important is, even if you've never seen an episode of All in the Family, you've seen the impact of it the simpsons has three times updated this for different episodes once in 1997 they did again where they did a flashback and had them singing it um and then family guy is nothing but the uh, intro to family guy is nothing but an homage to all in the family and Seth MacFarlane has acknowledged as much so you know this idea that um with All in the Family, there were the lyric of, uh, we could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. We see the same thing. It seems today that all you see is uh, uh, violence and sex on TV. Where are those mm-hmm. good? So uh, it's the same sort of message. And so uh, the All in the Family theme of the, Those Were the Days, um, it is an important theme song for television. So I, I had to include it. And if you've never seen All in the Family, there are some things in it that are dated, but the comedy there, and the the family comedy about you know as as someone that uh, you marry into a family and this I just don't know how dated all in the family is. Other well, than... no, the the references are dated. Nixon ain't in office anymore. Jim. No, but I don't know, I don't know what Watchmen world you're, world you're living in. Yeah, but but you know so the, so the, but as far as everything else and the battle over gun control, it's one of my dad's favorite lines. Of, Okay, so if you've never seen the show, his his daughter, who he calls Little Girl, um, played best Alex is uh is going, Daddy, do you know how many people were killed last year by guns? And she says whatever the actual number was for that year. And he literally just turns around and goes, I'm sorry, honey, would you rather then be pushed out of Windows? It's a great line. Um <laughs> Yeah, if so Carol O'Connor delivers it, it's hilarious. And and so no, it's so I, I wanted to I wanted to do that. I have a ton of honorable mentions, so I don't know Not if you want to go do another round. Or I don't or have we, another round, but if you guys want to do your honorable
0: mentions, let's do that because I only have one other.
2: James, you
0: want you
1: go first, man? Well, I'll I'll do another one because this is actually one that I think is really important. Is this your honorable mention or another round? I, I'm going to do another one because it's it's really important because it shows how important that musical theme is to a television show. What is it? It is Secret Agent Man which has been reused in tons of movies. It was originally the theme song for Danger Man slash Secret Agent. Why does it have two titles? Because it was Danger Man in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Patrick McGowan um, played Danger Man. Well, When they brought it over to, uh, to America, they were like, Danger Man, what does that mean? Secret agents are big right now. Just call it Secret Agent. They redid it with Secret Agent. They enlisted somebody to perform the song. They enlisted Johnny Johnny Rivers.
2: Oh, Johnny Rivers.
1: Johnny Johnny Rivers was, and so he, so they said, we need a theme. We're bringing it over from England. We're just going to rerun it. We got it cheap. Johnny Rivers turns out Secret Agent Man. And if you've ever seen Austin Powers, that song's used in Austin Powers. They do it during one of the chase scenes. Why did I say it's something I had to mention for a TV theme? Well, here's the actual case for that. When the, so they brought it over from England, redubbed it with, and called it Secret, uh, Secret Agent Man, or Secret Agent, gave it the Secret Agent Man theme. That song became a stupidly huge hit, so much so that Danger Man had been canceled. But because it was such a big hit in America, the American stations basically went back and going, listen, we'd love to have more of it. It had been off the air for a year. They resurrected it. And so it ended up running from 1964 to 1968 again. And most importantly, it is that popularity got Patrick McGoon more credit and it became the unofficial. If you watch the way that secret agent man ended, it became the unofficial prequel for the show, the prisoner.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I've know actually that never either. seen the prisoner. This, oh, you I
1: need, need to watch
2: do. the prisoner. I, I want to watch it again. Yeah. I've watched a few shows. It's, it's um, it's it, the bizarreness is amazing. It, yeah. So, in the
1: end, Magoon left. It, it became such a big hit that he chose to leave. They weren't going to cancel it. He chose to leave to do the prisoner. Because he liked the idea of a secret agent trying to disappear. And that's, by the way, for those that don't know the prisoner, it's about a secret agent that wants to retire. They won't let him retire. And so he tries to retire, and then he wakes up on an island because secret agents are not allowed to retire. So that's why it was, it, some people say it works as an unofficial prequel to the prisoner. And, and given that M- Magoon played the main role in both. But, that being said, um, if you've never seen it, you know, the, the opening lyrics are, there's a man who leads a life of danger. To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger. With every move he makes, another chance he takes, odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. Beware of pretty faces that you find. A pretty face can hide an evil mind. I think they get it. <laughs> anyway, but. All right. No, so I, because we can't talk about TV. We can't talk about TV theme uh, shows without pointing out that the theme song of that show led to more seasons when it came
2: over to America. All right. Chad, honorable mentions. Okay. So let me go through the list. So uh, Scooby-Doo, I know is important to you. Um, It didn't have that. Did you mean for that to rhyme? No, I didn't actually. Scooby-Doo, important Important to you. you. But in terms of Hannah Barber, it for it, you didn't, now. it didn't have <laughs> the, the 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 cultural impact that did for you for me that it did you another hannah barbaric cartoon did Jabberman. hong kong Fui, number one super guy <laughs> hong kong Fui, faster than the human eye you know that really um, made scat man's career this was another one i struggled with but in while i went with ducktales but animaniacs they're totally insaney um the transformers theme song uh the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Uh, Teenage
0: Mutant Ninja Turtles as an actual song is way better than Transformers.
2: Yes. Um, but again, it was just, those are, those are theme songs and I struggled with, again, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I wanted to put on my list, but I wanted to talk about the A-Team a little bit more. Um, Squidbillies. Oh, the dreams dream. are all dead oh, and, and, and buried. Buried, Sometimes I wish the sun would just explode. So that's my animation chunk. But uh, we also different strokes today. <laughs> that was another one. Uh, this this one falls into the the theme song. In my opinion, is more popular than the show. I've actually never seen an episode of the show, but I can think, sing the theme song because believe it or not. I, 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 must include I think it.
0: so too. I think you're absolutely right. That and the great, for the great American hero, the greatest American the hero, for, uh, the Billy Joel song for bosom buddies. Yeah. I think is another one where people know the song uh, and they don't know bosom buddies. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yep. yeah, Yeah. I can't think of the name of the song. I'm so sorry. I didn't Google it, but that's another one of those. I think people know more than they do
2: this. this show. Um, a call back to a previous episode. I love the Johnny Bago theme song written by Jimmy Buffett. And then uh, finally, and you can't talk about TV theme songs without talking about this one. Now, so this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. It was all my honorable mentions. I'd like to take a minute, you just sit right there, and tell you how I became the Prince of Bel-Air. Do, 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 Prince of do, do, do. a town called Bel-Air, sorry. I, I know the lyrics by my head. I, to, <laughs> I, know, I, the know, I know the lyrics
0: by my head. on the wall.
2: I know the lyrics in my head. to do this. But I'm, I'm so nervous going to fall. But I'm so nervous when I. Talk oh no, I, I have to have the scripts, so I have them right here. But I, I, until this, day, I sung it as a kid. I still sing it to this day. Every now and then, I'll walk around and go. My life got flipped, turned upside down. I do not. Um, in West Phil, in West Philadelphia, born and raised. That's okay. On the play playground I what playground was talking about? Where I spent most of my days chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, all shooting some b-ball outside of the school.
0: Shooting I can do this stuff all day. In your arm outside of school.
2: With a couple of guys who were up to no good. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think you're good, Chad. Is there any more, <laughs>
2: James? Things? They started, Joe. They started making <laughs> trouble in my neighborhood. Yeah. I got one little fight, and my mom got scared, and she said, "You're moving with your auntie and uncle at off the I do not have her. attachment. I whistled for
1: a cab,
2: and when it came near, the license plate said fresh, and it had dice in the mirror. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I just couldn't... In terms of theme songs, you have to talk about that one. So that's my honorable mentions.
1: What's your honorable mention and then I'll finish this up, Joe. Joe.
0: I only have one and I didn't bother to look it up who wrote it because I wasn't really going to talk about it, but I it's another one of those things that I watched on TBS growing up and I loved it right along with San and son. It's also instrumental. It's the whistling at the Andy Griffith
1: show.
2: Yeah. It's
1: called the fishing hole. Take down and it does have lyrics, they just didn't use them for the show. It's take down your fish and pole, meet me at the fish and hole. That's you good that they didn't use them. It's like the lyrics
0: that Johnny Cash did for Bonanza don't necessarily work.
1: Everyone will so delight if we start a little fight. Bonanza Bonanza, no. oh, Which,
0: by the way, Bonanza also has a great instrumental theme.
1: My honorable mentions has the best example of a of lyrics for a song thank God they didn't use for the theme. But the real song. quick. Uh, Andy Griffith's show is really
0: important to me. I, I've gotten to the age now where I still, nobody on my house, Christy doesn't, she didn't watch it. You guys, well, James a little bit, but Chad, not so much. So I have a, it has a near and dear yep. place. Some of the episodes in the Andy Griffith show stand the test of time better. Uh dude, there's some, they are still and family friendly humorous shows that are fascinating and at the same time have a message which i'm not big into messages but a lot of times i do have a mess a lot of the times the message is is if andy just shut just stopped lying his life would be easier i don't know he lies all
1: the time what we but, having for dinner paul
0: uh well you're having fried chicken and mashed but i don't remember exactly and <laughs> i'm having crow
1: that's uh, by the way the fact we can do that line back and forth that's, but I think it, you, had to, you
0: had to have a certain upbringing, and, and that's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just certain people. So I just got that a lot. And you got a lot of Star Trek. I got a lot of Andy Griffith. And it's oh, I got Andy Griffith lot And too, a lot, of, and so a a lot of Western. So Andy Griffith's show is still one of my favorite shows of all time. And to hear it is iconic. To hear the whistle, I
2: think, is iconic for a lot of people. But you know what, Joe? What? I pulled up to the house <laughs> about seven or eight and Let's yell to it. the cabin, Yo home, smell you later. I
0: don't think that's I, at, I don't think smell you later is as I I
2: looked at my kingdom. I was finally there to sit on my throne.
0: He's reading it, I folks. Know. I can see his eyeballs. He's I am reading it because I'm too I
2: can can't if I if I wasn't reading record it, I would say it off the top of my head. Uh, I'm being recorded, so I
0: have to all right up. james you got a list of five thousand six hundred.
1: i do i do but I, this is the one i literally i put it on my list and i saved it to the very end because i knew on one of you was, was gonna take it and i don't know how y'all didn't take it what because if you threw a party and invited everyone you knew you would see the biggest gift would be for me and the card attached would say thank you thank for being you a friend, be a friend, friend. dick that know, the Golden Girls is one of my favorite shows
0: of all time. I'm always here's, defending it on here, but I, I,
2: you're arguing. Here's the problem, Nobody's interview. arguing with you. You're just, uh, me. <laughs> yeah, you're just You've argued Jonas. with me about the Golden Girls we, we before. Like, we I like I'm not arguing with it. I just said I don't have a personal attachment to it.
1: I do. know, I, I, I do. I do have a personal attachment to it because I, I went to the, uh, the, the Rose Nyland School of Storytelling.
0: I think the golden girls is one of those shows that's that I still see quite a bit in pop culture.
1: Oh, actually, no. Whereas
0: nest. I don't know that I see Andy Griffith and Sanford and son the yeah. other two I've talked about. I think golden girls, the, 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 um, how should I, the blue humor has kept up with the times.
2: Yeah. It's, a, it's no empty nest. Shut up. Jay. I did like it <laughs> to
0: be honest, at the time. Richard Mulligan, yeah. unappreciated character
1: actor. Uh,
2: the Gold
0: Married gold. a porn star later in life, by the way. Google that.
1: Uh, thank you for being a friend. Was written by Andrew Gold, performed by Cynthia Fee for the show. Richard Mulligan married
0: a porn star. Google it.
2: A- Andrew Bar- Gold.
0: <laughs> Hold on. I've almost said Barbara Bush ran over a guy, but it was Laura. <laughs> okay,
2: that's more. Believable. I thought you said Andrew. Never mind. Hold
0: on. Hold on. We'll do a family guy. Take some time. Google Richard Mulligan porn star marriage. <laughs> we'll
1: wait. Tick-talk, we'll wait. you back. Okay, we're going You're back. back. All right. Go. Um, Andrew Gold is the one that wrote, thank you for being a friend. I want to bring this up though, because he also wrote for another TV show that came up on this, this uh, podcast before he wrote the song final frontier, which was a theme for mad about you. He also wrote, by the way, thank you for being a friend. He didn't write for golden girls. He wrote it long before and they paid him for it. He had had recorded it years before. Um, He also wrote a song that my kids know, which shocked me. Uh, Spooky Scary Skeletons. Which had the sing-along Disney Halloween special. It's on there. Don't know that one. But anyway, um, he died at 59, by the way, uh, of kidney cancer. So my other honorable mentions, Chad sold one of them. I wanted to do an entire section about theme songs that pretty much tell the story like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air does. And for that, you, I wanted to talk about WKRP in Cincinnati. Well, the yeah. opening song yeah. tells the story. If you've never seen an episode before, what, listen to the theme. Dude moves to Cincinnati because he's tired of being bounced everywhere, station to station, and he finds a station that will hire him permanently. That's a, that's a plot. If you've ever wondered what became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yep. WKRP uh um, that's a good one and then fresh Prince of bel-air and the last one i want to do is a, is a show that nobody remembers but i literally i think my mother had the theme song and it wasn't just that theme song it's a collection of theme songs or i mean it was a collection of country music songs but it happened to have this on it and i remember playing it on record and record J- chad was big cd are you gonna do the fall guy i'm gonna do the fall guy sorry how can you not do the fall guy uh
0: because it's a great friend in college uh, chad did too who would listen to that
1: the fall guy theme is the same way it sets up the story he's a stunt man he's a fall guy and then he's also to make extra money because he doesn't make enough getting hurt at work he becomes a he also is a bounty hunter and it it, the lyrics are i'm not saying to kiss and tell but i've been seen with Farah, which is funny uh i've been uh let's see i've never been with anyone less than a nine so fine i've been on fire with sally field gone fast with a girl named bo and yep. if you're from this time period you know all these people but somehow they don't end up as mine uh it's a death-defying life i lead i'll take my chances i've died for a living on movies and tv but the hardest thing i've ever do is watching my leading ladies kiss some other guy while i'm bed band- bandaging my knee i might fall from a tall building i might roll a brand new car, because I'm the unknown stuntman that made Redford such a star. And the story behind that is it wasn't written for the show. The show was written for the song. Uh, Somerville is written by Dave Somerville. David Somerville's song, The Ballad of the Unknown Stuntman, was jointly written and composed with Jensen, uh, inspired by Glenn Larson, uh-huh. Who had been doing uh he was a glenn larson was a, a vocalist for them at one point for a song and he was like I, i'd like to do a show and they were listening to songs and he said oh that sounds cool and the song itself is now is called the unknown stuntman the show was the fall guy but it's okay. another one of those songs that the song tells you what the show so it doesn't matter if you only come in, in the second season by the way i didn't know the for for a show nobody talks about anymore. there's five
0: seasons i googled five it while seasons. you were talking
1: i had five seasons no idea. Of the fall guy Wow. I haven't seen it on television. I think USA, for a brief period of time in the 90s, ran it during the summers at 11 a.m. or something like, oh, we just need to put something on the air. And I remember watching it again then, but that was in the 90s. If you've never heard of the fall guy, that exactly what I said is what it's about. He's a stuntman on film sets, and then at night he is a bounty hunter. and And it's a stupidly fun show for about 30 minutes. But Glenn Larson, also linked to some other shows that we've talked about. If
0: you're into vehicles, he had a really cool uh, GMC truck.
1: Yeah, which w- was often part of the plot. Yeah, because he would use special effects to make it do stuff, or he would jump it, or to help catch bad guys and all of that stuff. But yes, I just I, I wanted to end with the Fall Guy because I I remember that theme so well, and I can't tell you more than about four episodes. So
2: can we we got to talk about how I'm kind of shocked James did not pick the Star Trek
1: theme song? Oh, that's, thanks for reminding me, Chad. Because <laughs> remember how I said. I'd talk about the song that, thank God, they didn't use the lyrics for. Yeah. Do you know the story about this? Seriously? No. Gene Roddenberry was so convinced that uh, it wasn't going to make money. that Star Trek would never make money. um, That when they were writing the theme song, Alexander Courage got hired to write the theme song. And unbeknownst to Alexander Courage, he turned in his musical composition, and Gene Roddenberry wrote lyrics for it. So he would get 50% of all profit from the music. I'd like to take this time. So the intro would have been the same space, the final frontier, but instead of the, "Ah," these would have been the lyrics beyond the rim of starlight. My love is wandering in star flight. I know he'll find in star clustered reaches love strange love. A star woman teaches. I know his journey never ends on forever, but tell him, Will he wonder his story? See, remember, remember me. That's all. Now, Roddenberry had no plan of that actually using, but he knew if he wrote the lyrics, the deal with the studio was hey, if it's got lyrics, we pay the lyric person, but you have to divide the profit. Alexander Courage. Again, this was all done without Courage knowing he was going to do it. Um, Never filed any litigation or anything. But later on, before Courage passed away, he was asked about it. and He said, he, "He he said, I do consider it unethical. However, when I approached Roddenberry about it, Roddenberry quoted me, uh, quoted uh, had this quote. Hey, I have to get some money somewhere. I'm sure as hell not going to get it out of the Prophets of Star Trek. <laughs> Again, that was all before it aired. But if you've never heard, and there is a recording somewhere, you can find it online usually, with this because it had to be performed at least once. So yes, you can find it's, it. But again, think I don't know if the show would have been as popular <laughs> if it was had that song. No, it. it I mean, because see, the, the space, the final frontier is it, it. pulls you in, and then you get the theremin. But I don't know if we need these lyrics over that theremin. I no. do want. I do have a question for
0: you too, and it's a bit of a controversial one. And I don't know that it's a pick, although I'm a, I'm a fan of the artist. But we didn't talk about one of the f- really famous theme songs, but it's a show that even in the last few years has, has just been buried more and more under the carpet for a lot of reasons. And we're talking about uh, the Dukes of
1: Hazard theme song. I almost made my list because I think that the Dukes of Hazard. theme Waylon Jennings,
0: that is a song, and that is a song that's oftentimes better than the show. Now I'm not picking on the show. I wasn't a fan of the show. I, I grew up watching probably, it. I grew up watching it a little bit as a child, but never particularly moved on to this part but Like with Night Rider for me, I wouldn't want to sit around and watch Knight Rider either. No offense to anybody.
1: No, but I I think that the song itself, you, I think it's interesting. You can separate that song from the show to a point, even though, uh, because I still hear it played on. I
0: think that's a one that would, people would think, why didn't you bring that up? 96.1,
1: the local radio station, plays. Clinton country classic, mm-hmm. and they will play that song in their rotation. And every time I'm like, "Oh yeah," and I mean, my kids, I like the song too. I'm a fan of Waylon Jennings. I'm not a huge and fan. If of I'm Waylon not mistaken, and somebody can can check me on this, but I believe the song you hear on the 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 radio, mm-hmm. because originally he just wrote the intro. And and for those that have never seen the show, Waylon Jennings was also the narrator. He was the balladeer. Boy going to get it this time. They best throw the, wings and fly. He was called balladeer. the balladeer. Balladeer, You're right. Um, but if you listen to the theme song, the second set of lyrics, I think those were added when they wanted to do it. Well, that song's cut. got a lot of
0: fluff when you listen to it on the radio version, too. It's got a lot of that wailing go
1: ah, hey, throughout it. Well, and, but the second verse is my mama wants to know why they're always showing my hands and not my, not face, my on face on TV. Because as a balladeer, they never showed his face. Mm-hmm. And I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Internetland, uh, but they, uh, that's not a real uh, anyway, they um, that version was recorded after the first season became somewhat of a hit. I would imagine. And, then, and then, I don't know. Uh, I think so. I think if you. I just wanted to
0: bring it up towards the end to get your thoughts.
1: Uh, it's it, the song's too good not to live on, and I'll be honest. Um, outside of the icon of uh, the iconography, icon, I can't say that word for some reason. But anyway, uh, outside of the symbolism. I was the
0: damn rebel flag on the general Lee and the car which was, by called the way, general if, if Lee.
1: if you're following the news story, uh, it, it looks like that's going to be removed from a certain state's flag. The yeah, governor's called he Mississippi. He said he'd support yeah. it. If
0: the legislation
1: went through, he's got to wait till it gets to his desk, but, uh, which is also, by the way, FYI, there's already an alternative flag. It's called the Stinson flag. Look it up. It's been designed for a couple years. Anyway, all of that being said, um, that's one of those things that I know we got a movie a few years ago directed by the guy, the the Brilliant Mind. Uh, but I thought the movie
0: handled that part of it decently. Well, yes. and I
1: think that's the entire thing. Could you do a Dukes of Hazzard movie now? I would say yes. It's about the car. Call the car or something else. I don't know.
0: It doesn't More matter.
1: So. It, it's about
0: jumping i gotta get in martha i gotta jump martha i'm gonna <laughs> jump martha so hard martha martha rev martha
1: up i'm gonna rev. yeah i could that's fine.
0: Jokes for the next hour and a half
1: that's what i mean it's hold
2: on jokes
1: <laughs> oh
0: fuck you lube i've got to give martha a lube job <laughs> i'm gonna go check martha's oil hey um, i'm gonna put this dipstick right into martha
1: I don't think Jack can fit all the way in Martha has anybody <laughs> it, checked out Martha's rear end? <laughs> but no, I think you got the, the positive itself, attraction. I think the show itself is very much of its time, but I think you could totally update that show and just remove that the symbolism because the symbolism never was part of the show, really. I mean it was just there. I, I was haven't watched the it, show as, show it was trying so to make it
0: as country as
2: possible yeah, I haven't watched the
0: was, show in so long, I don't have a clue and i know people who love the show hated the movie i actually li- didn't care for that much for the show and actually kind of enjoyed the movie because it's very silly it's a silly uh, i would agree
1: with joe on this one well and that's the entire thing and that's the problem with this is is that even in the 1970s it's fun to watch whatever but even then people would have realized they would have got caught like 20 minutes in right like there's no way oh they jump something we'll call the state troopers <laughs> Like, oh yeah 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 Yeah, it would have been so the entire the entire thing's kind of farcical but that being said uh i think the premise if you wanted to do a, a dukes of hazard now about the duke boys two people with the last name duke remove all that imagery you could still do the same jokes you could still do everything else you just, so i say all that to say bearing that show is weird to me the theme is iconic um the car is iconic i don't know if the icon on top of the car is why that car is iconic it's iconic because most of the time if you watch it on tv you
2: it just is saw for the some bottom people. of it
1: it is you for saw the people. bottom. well i know and i know uh i know the guy that played uh your favorite character of cooter um he he went off online and he still sells like he sells uh images and everything with it but john watch-
0: schneider john schneider is a big defender of it too if you watch, uh, oh Duke, I don't ask me why this came into my how this came, Coy- but it was last week, and I thought, eh, and then it it led into one of if anybody's familiar, if you're catching this on a YouTube hole or something where you just <laughs> click on one thing and move on, it it led down to a John Schneider YouTube hole where I thought, ah, oh, he's starting to get a little anyway.
1: How, but how did Coy and Vance feel? The real bigs? <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, anyway um there's four people that are gonna be
2: like oh i see what he did anyway yeah, uh, for a half even, a season he
1: did it even before the um the the, the we're getting off topic it's been a controversy for a long time but even before the controversy if you go back i think it's probably been about 10 years ago hallmark made a christmas ornament of the general league uh-huh. but if you look at it because i i can remember what came out i'm like well that's gonna be how is hallmark gonna look if you find it it's a General Lee jumping through a billboard and it's halfway through the billboard and conveniently the ripped billboard covers the roof of the, the, car. Roof of the general Lee, yeah and i was like well played hallmark still all the icon icon uh the the uh, symbolism all, every, we can get the racist
0: money and not piss off the other folk
1: yep and i was like well played hallmark well but, but no i as far as the theme song, that theme song I listened to. Uh, yeah, way we way. got off on a
0: little bit of a tangent, but I don't regret asking the question because I think it's one of those great theme songs, and I, and I was wondering if anybody would bring it up.
1: Because they're making their
2: way.
0: The only way they, the only know, they know, how. know how. And that's just, and that's see, we just way. can rattle
2: it off.
1: Then the law will allow.
2: Ha!
0: The,
2: the Seriously, law. go back
0: and listen to it. Well, as soon as we're done with the show, take two minutes and listen to the Waylon Jennings. Ha! Oh, he as he goes through it.
2: while sitting on balls. time.
0: While the sitting mountain, on his
1: balls. The mountain may get them, Joe, but, but the, the law never will.
0: will. All right, and with oh, that, that thank you all so much. If you have criticisms, please send them to James Thomas, Dr. And that's James care Thomas of Chad of University Jitting's of at... Alabama. Um the great Crimson Todd James Thomas. <laughs>
1: Where I go by the name Bear Bryant. Just ask for Bear, Bear Bryant. Bear or...
0: Just say, I want to talk to that son of a bitch, Bear Bryant. <laughs> and make sure you show you...
1: up in person at Alabama when you say that. On Secret Agent Man. <laughs> and would they That's, talk we to did, you? We did 16 different references there. Try to cl- catch them all.
0: Catch them all if you can. Just like the Pokemons. All right. Thank you all. <laughs> Tune in and share. Toodles. uh uh-huh.